MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and you'll get a risk-free bet of $500. Download WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at Underdog Fantasy with the promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars on UnderdogFantasy.com. And, of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. You've got all of our picks, all of our podcasts, and all kinds of news and other features all right there in the palm of your hand. Make sure to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 59. We're getting into some weird numbers. We like to um, dedicate each episode to usually to an athlete with the number. We're getting into the some odd numbers, but I'm going Montreal Expos again. This is the third show in a row. Uh, I'm going with Ugith Urbina, a.k.a. U- Ugie Urbina. Um, Probably the only listener who'd remember him would be my brother, who was an Expos diehard, but he wore 59 for the Expos. Um, okay, I'm going to break the rule again. I'm going to let my co-host, the know, my, know, my know-it-all associate co-host, I'm going to let him talk again uh, before I introduce him. I'm going to ask him, do you remember Oogie? Oogie? I do remember Oogie Thurbina because my dad was a Red Sox fan, and he played yes. the Red Sox uh, in the early yep. 2000s. Also, if I'm not mistaken... Has Oogie Thurbina been – does he have a murder conviction on him? Like, is, isn't he in uh, prison? Yeah. <laughs> there – I couldn't remember if he was dead or in prison. One uh, – is it Pascal Perez who might be dead? Uh, I don't want to be I too think, morbid. I think Oogie Thurbina is the one who's in prison. I think he tried to kill somebody with, like, a machete or something. Yes. Or he tried to yes. set him on yes. fire? That, in Venezuela. Or, or both? Yeah, I both. think it was. Maybe so. both. Uh, attempted murder. He's seven years in prison. It was just attempted murder, guys. Relax. He didn't kill anyone. He just tried to. Um, he wielded a machete. He tried to pour gasoline on him. He attacked five, <laughs> five, five people. Five people he did that to. Nice. So I was right. Uh, machete um, and fire. Yeah, but, but he's been out. He's been out for a while. So look out, Venezuela. He's out of prison. So, yes, there you go. I forgot. All, I knew there was something going on with that guy, but I forgot what it was. So, yes. Ugi Urbina. Now I'm going to very politely tell my co-host to shot his yapper and wait till he's introduced like a good little boy. There, see, it worked. All right. Um, I'll introduce myself first. I'm Jeff Fox, your lovely host, intrepid host, maybe we could call me. Um, like this is episode 59 of this lovely podcast. Hopefully you're listening to us on our uh, exclusive feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Um, if you're listening to us in the SGPN feed, if you can find the feed just for us and subscribe there, because that's the one I track the numbers on and stuff. Um, and give us a follow. Give us a five-star review, because we obviously deserve it. And um, and we'll go from there. So don't want to waste too much time, because we have a jam-packed 
amazing, possibly the best <laughs> UFC fight card ever coming up. According to my according to my associate co-host, who's going to die on the hill that this is a good fight card we got this week. Um, so let's introduce him. He, like I said, he, he's going to die on the hill at Hall versus Strickland is a killer card. He is also a killer on the mats. You use mats in jiu-jitsu. Yes, he's a killer on the jiu-jitsu mats. Um, look out, uh, everyone. He is a purple belt. What else should I tell him about him? Um, and you knew who Ugi Urbino was. And you remember you remember that he tried to murder people, which is impressive. So uh, this is uh, the one and only Daniel Gumby. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, hey, yo. That, that, that was, a, that was a, a longer intro, and usually the longer the intro, the better my picks are. So, so I better tail along with you again this week, except for the past two shows we've done – We've just different on one. Yeah, fight, right? yeah, on yeah. So we, and I got them both yeah, right. So, so <sighs> yeah, I, I think I have to somehow get you to differ more. Maybe you need to lead more often. Yeah, I, I've got a bunch of question mark picks again. So you're gonna so make me lead on those. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll then I'll it helps me clear up my thinking because a lot of times I'll have a kid harass me while I'm doing the research and I'll just like throw down a pick without really really listening to my heart and going with uh, with, with who I think is going to win. Because um, this card, I know so much about all the participants on it. It's just nothing but five-star, bold, above the uh, above the title names on this card. But um, let me see. There's, been, there's maybe a few news things we can tip on before that. This isn't really a news. Apparently, this is a news item to a lot of people. It seems to come as a shock to people, but... Um, it's that uh, Conor McGregor's a despicable asshole, but people seem to be just coming around to that now. But I thought that was known for years, was it? Yeah, not? I, I thought so too. Uh, in the fact that he, uh, I mean, like he had already told Dustin Poirier that he was going to kill him and his family in their sleep. Uh, I feel like while, while this this tweet was a little bit worse, uh, I wouldn't say it was a whole heck of a lot worse than that, right? Yeah, and you did the old John Jones where you, you delete it after the fact. Yeah, but... Which is which always 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 works. No one ever sees your deleted Yeah, tweets. but I'll say this about John Jones. So, like, you're right. John Jones deletes the tweets. But, like, John Jones also, while probably also a scumbag, he did hit a pregnant woman with his car while on drugs and fled the scene. Um... He never. I don't think he was ever like this kind of low, right? Because no, no, like no, when no. DC's stepdad died, I, I'm pretty sure he just sent like like well wishes to DC and stuff like that. And he he never got along with DC, even when they weren't about to fight. There was no like you know friendship afterwards or anything like that. So for him to have done that at that time, and then you get this you know just monstrosity of a tweet from Connor. I I, I don't even know what its purpose is. The purpose to try to like draw Habib back like it's not gonna work have you seen Habib he's just munching on cheeseburgers and winning as a coach yep um not that this is related or anything but there's an old expression that um cocaine is one hell of a drug not that that has anything to do with Conor McGregor or anything but uh just throw that out there um I like how people are like um, we're getting all these editorials about him now like this is like a big surprise this is the guy who what Multiple sexual assault allegations. He punched uh, an old man in a bar for not accepting, and not for like a good reason, for not accepting shitty whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) What else do you do? You know, just the usual like 
smashing people's phones. You know, that, that stuff's, you know, that happens when you're a celebrity. I get it. I get it. Um, throwing the dolly through the bus and, you know, injuring emotionally, like physically and mentally injuring people. Um, yeah. Um, pretending he's a family man when you see a lot of pictures that sh- <laughs> show you otherwise. Um, yeah, I'm just, it's funny that people are on their high horse now about, about this, but, um, pretty much the only thing I really have to say about it is if people really have an issue with this, it's, we can, we all have the power to make Conor McGregor go away. If we do not pay attention to Conor McGregor, he isn't a thing anymore. It's as simple as that. If you don't pay attention to him and the companies that sponsor him and you don't give them your eyeballs and your wallet, then Conor McGregor is not a thing anymore. Yeah. Plain I, simple. I, You're setting down, but. Yeah, I, I think that's the problem, right? Is because, like, that's easier said than done. And, and I've said the same thing before that, like, mentality about. You know, like, and it's the same mentality that when, like, diehard fans say, oh, let's all band together and not buy this card because they gave Jorge Masvidal a second title shot and not, you know, Leon Edwards or insert deserving fighter here. And the problem is, is the reason they pick Masvidal is because the people who want the sport to be pure are not the people who that that thing is, is geared towards, right? And Conor McGregor is not geared yeah. towards me and you either, right? Like, it's not geared right. towards MMA yeah. fans who are going to watch a card that is co-main evented by Kyung Ho Kang and Hani Yaya. Uh, it's, no, this is a killer it, card. It's, Don't you it's dare. Much better Don't than, you dare disrespect It is card. much better than you're making it out to be, but... You know, Conor McGregor's fan base and kind of what makes Conor McGregor tons of money and makes this stuff keep happening, it's not the me and you's and probably not the anybody listening to this podcast right now. It's the people who uh, watch Conor McGregor stuff despite not being huge MMA fans. Yeah, no, that's true. It's And it's uh, sadly, it's a combat sport thing. Mike Tyson's not exactly, uh, not exactly a saint and pretty sure he, he did time for raping a teenage girl, but he's America's sweetheart still somehow. It's so. because he kisses That's, pigeons, seems, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, en- enough, of, enough of that. Um, there pretty much was only bad news this week. Um, Chris Wyman just announced he's got to have surgery again because his leg isn't healing. Um, while I by no means want him to see him fight again, I obviously I don't want him to have lingering injuries either, so that, that sucks. Yeah, it, it also sucks um, that we just saw a video of him like being like, my doctor said I can walk again and possibly go to the gym and hit pads. Yeah. It's like, should your doctor have told you that? Yeah. <laughs> maybe not, yeah. right? Maybe like not. Maybe no. And then another, I believe this is one of a uh, favorite of Dan's, uh, Tatiana Suarez is not coming back like expected because she needs surgery again on her knee. Apparently she injured it badly is what is what the story is it sounds like so she will not be fighting in september as a, as a yeah that's, that's a huge bummer uh, i don't i don't even know what to say about that other than she seems to be right up there with ray borg and maybe kane velazquez is some of the more snake bitten fighters in in history because it's it's just it's been a really long time for her uh and and to see this it, it just sucks and she friggin' had thyroid cancer when she was what, like, twenty-one years yeah. old too. Like she, she wanted, she wanted to be an old. Olympic she's... wrestler, right? And, and, and yeah, like exactly. had to stop training for it because of cancer. Uh, comes back yeah. from that, and now it's like you know, blown out knee, neck issue, like just thing after thing after thing, and and like 
she's got the potential to be a champion in, in probably two different divisions if, if she could just, you know, get some fights in, but uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. So that's what we're, it's over two years now since we last saw our, this is a gambling show. What's, uh, what are the odds that we're going to see her fight again? I'd say really, really high. Uh, I, I think you're going to see her no yeah. matter what. Like, like I said, she's the type of person who persevered through all of that. So I, I don't think we're anywhere near retirement. I would also say I would feel worse about the chances of her returning if this was the same injury. You know, like if she hurt her neck again, I'd be like, sure. okay, well, maybe she's done with yep. the next stuff. And the doctor says the neck's going to keep getting hurt. And she'll it's a completely different injury, right? Like it, it's totally different. So... Uh, it, it's just terrible luck more than recurring injuries, you know? And it's also, you see this in other sports, even with, you know, super talented people, some bodies, like, like physical bodies, just aren't made for the whatever sport the athlete um, excels in. Um, hopefully it's not the case with her, but she just may not be cracked out to to be a combat athlete, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it could be that her body just can't handle it for whatever reason, but uh, yeah. that, that would suck yeah. pretty pretty greatly. What? Uh, this show's usually so much fun, and we're a big downer this week, aren't we? We've we got to pick things up and talk about this amazing car that's coming up, right? Yeah, let's, and look, I, so first of all, first look. of all, well, let, me, let me preface here. So first of all, I said that this was a great card. First of all, I said that before Chris Dawkins and Shamil Abdurakahimov fell off. Uh, I, I also said that before Mornier Lazez fell off the fight card. Um, and I said it was a sneaky good card in all of those. So I stand by that statement that it was a better card then. I will say, I think it whether or not it's, it's descended into being a... Uh, Probably a not so good card here. Uh, I would say that the the style matchups in a lot of these fights should be just absolutely violent. And like I've always said, it does quality of the card does not matter to make money, right? Uh, actually, a lot of times you'd think you could maybe make money even better on these on these crappy cards because the lines may not be as sharp uh, as you expect them. Plus. Dan and I are amazing at picking uh, prelims. And this is basically a whole card of prelims. This is all prelims, <laughs> exactly. So this is going to be an amazing, amazing card. Um, plus, it's got a former champ on it, too. Who, don't forget about that, Dan. Uh, that was a good one you did last week. Oh, there's a former champ on this card. I'm like, what? <laughs> Took me a long time. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to her. But um, first of all, let's tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet and win. So download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, let's, let's start winning with some picks here. So we, we have been dancing around talking about this fight card. Let's actually get down and talk about it. It would be UFC and ESPN Hall versus Strickland, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 30, 
33, right? I think 33. it's 33. I haven't written the article yet. Yes, 33. All right. Um, as Dan mentioned, we lost a couple cards since – a couple cards, a couple fights since we spoke. Hopefully we don't lose too many after we speak. Um, we lost the big boy heavyweight fight, as Dan mentioned, Abdur Adur Rahimov and Dawkins, and then we lost what Munir Laziz. Okay, uh, pull it up because these issues. How does that happen? Like a couple of days before a fight? I, Can you explain I, that I to me? I don't know how that how happens. You re- it's happened a bunch of times. I don't know how that happens in the like a couple of people. days before a fight. That that one seems wild because Roman Kapilov is kind of in that same boat too. I think actually last time we talked, Roman Kapilov was fighting Sam Elby on that card in. Yes. Uh, yeah, that point fell off. So, yeah, like, yeah. it's happened a couple of times, which is funny. I, I talked to um, Cameron Else uh, a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, he was waiting on a visa to see if it would happen. But if it hasn't happened by the end of the week, they're probably just going to push his fight. Um, and then they wound up pushing his fight. I didn't confirm that it was due to the visa issue. But they did that, like, a week and a half to two weeks ahead of time. Like, he didn't have his visa then, and they're like, okay, well, we're just going to push it. I almost wonder if some of these guys from countries other than like Cameron Ellis coming from from England, obviously, some yeah. of these guys coming from countries other than England, uh, maybe just don't have as good of a sense of whether or not they're going to get a decision by then, uh, and are just like yeah. holding out hope, or maybe the UFC doesn't have as good contact with like the Moroccan embassy as they do uh, England. So, yeah, yeah, it could could be a number of those things. It's true. It just it just comes off as bush league to me, but I guess that's what we're dealing with here, though. So, um, so anyhow, Lizzie's out, Jared Gooden in, but I don't. UFC. I think we we're just talking off air. UFC has not officially announced this yet, but that's that's UFC for you. Everybody else basically has announced that Jared Gooden is filling in against Nicholas Stortzy, and then the Alvi Kopalev fight is off because of the visa, and then the as mentioned Abdur. Rakimov and Daukis is off, but don't worry, there's a bunch of other awesome names for me to say coming up. So, <laughs> Abdur Rakimov isn't that hard, actually. Um, all right, so this will be once again from the Apex, the UFC Apex. And enter- did you know it was Enterprise Nevada? It's not technically Las Vegas, Nevada. I bet you didn't know I that, did, did you? I did not. There you go. If you if you use Wikipedia, you would know that. So anyhow, it's technically in Enterprise Nevada, which I had never been to. Neither I haven't been to Vegas. I'll admit that on the air. I've never been to Vegas. What do you think of that, Degenerates? Have you, Dan, been no, to Vegas? No, I've never been west of the – or only just barely west of the Mississippi River. Um, yeah. I'm pretty, How many listeners do we just lose there telling they, them we've never been to the gambling mecca? You don't need to go there, though, to gamble. No, no, no. There's, there's all kinds of other places. And, and Atlantic City is not all that far. I've seen, like, hundreds of fights in Atlantic City in my life. So that's I, true. I feel like that's, that's, that's like true. baby Vegas. It is. It is. All right. So um, this one's in, like I said, Enterprise. Uh, 9 p.m. is the main card on ESPN. Yikes. This, this is another thing. This is an ESPN card. This isn't ESPN Plus or ESPN 2 or something like that. This is uh, the big ESPN that gets this stellar fight card. So uh, 9 o'clock for the main stuff with the prelims. It changes as cards fall, as fights fall. 6 o'clock. So the UFC can make sure they drag this out to be at least, what, six hours like, like they'd like to do. So, All right, let's, let's kick it off. I've wasted enough time here. Walter Waits, Philip Rowe, Orion Kostke, or is it Orion? I think it's Orion. It is. Because his nickname yeah, it's is, Orion. Yeah, 
Galaxy. So we got Galaxy, Orion Galaxy, or Philip the Fresh Prince Row. Galaxy obviously wins the nickname game of that. No, right? the Fresh Prince, the what? Fresh Prince from Philly. Yeah, I guess, but it's not like he looks like Will Smith. I, I suppose he doesn't. Also, it says he was born in Brooklyn, but I feel like he trains in Philly. So <laughs> yeah, isn't that where? Isn't that where Will is in this song? No, he got sent from Philly to Brooklyn. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was told I look like Will Smith. Can you believe that? Will Smith, like the goofy, the goofy white guy, like me. I, I, do you mean? Yeah, the, I can't remember who told me. It might have been my, might have been my wife in the olden days. Could that could, could it have been the Atlanta Braves closer, Will Smith? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, or or the UFC fighter, Will Smith. No, that guy's tiny. So, anyhow, we're off the rails already. Ah, okay. This is one of my question mark fights, but not really. Um, all right. So, fresh. Well, we're gonna we're gonna argue on the uh, on the nickname, but. We'll see if we argue with our pick. We'll go with the Fresh Prince, Row first. He's 7-3, three, three knockouts, four submissions. Nothing but finishes. Same with Koske. Nothing but finishes. So these guys have never, um, never won a fight via decision. They, they finish their opponents. So um, Row is very well-rounded. Like I said, three knockouts, four submissions. He's 0-1 in the UFC. He's 1-0 on the Contender Series to get into the UFC. He's four inches taller, nine inches of reach. You don't see – what's the biggest – do you remember what the biggest reach we've seen? That may be the biggest one we've that's seen. A, that's a big double one in a while. The biggest one I've seen in a while. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, and he's a more active striker, which uh, – meaning he lands more strikes per minute or per fight, however you want to break it down. He, he lands more strikes on average than Koski does, which having a nine-inch reach and you land more strikes, that's, that's a good combo. Uh, if you think it's a good combo, you can get him at plus 135. Um, Koske, 7-0, oh, six knockouts, one submission. So he's more of a, a uh, stri- finisher via strikes than his opponent. 1-0 oh, the contender series as well. He's four years younger. Uh, he's got striking stats in his favor and grappling stats in his favor, minus 170. Uh, break it down. I don't know a heck of a lot about both these guys. So how do so you see I, I like Phil Rowe in the sense that he does a really good job of maintaining distance, largely because he's got an 80-inch reach, um, which is just an insane reach. Uh, is, that what it is? is that what it is? Really? Yeah, it's, it's 80 inches um, is, is his reach. And how yeah. tall is he? Um, how tall is he? 6'3". Um, so he's going to be 4 inches taller okay. with the 9-inch yeah. reach advantage, like okay. you mentioned. Um, but I actually don't think it's going to matter all that much in this fight, uh, mostly just because I, I think Kosuke can out-wrestle him if he gets in on the legs. Um, and while Roe does a good job of keeping distance, I don't know with the pace and pressure, and, and this is true of either Kosuke brother, if, if you're thinking of either of them, both of them... There's yeah, another they, one? They, Who's the uh, other one? Orion and... It's the one who lost to Sasha Palatnikov in his debut. Uh-huh. Um, I, I might have just thought it was the same Yeah, no, no. There is another contract. Yeah, yeah, okay. they, uh, they both got contracts on the same Dana White Contender Series. So if you're on that fight card, oh, you can cool. click on that one and you'll get the other one's name. Okay. Um, one v Matt Dixon, which is Orion, who's the better one. In, uh, oh, Lewis. Lewis Koske v. Victorina. Oh, um, yeah, okay. So... Okay. Yeah, I, I like that both of them just move forward with kind of like a little bit of a reckless abandon. I don't think Phil Rowe has got good enough hands to just keep him away or starch him if he keeps pressing like that. And he's just going to keep the pace up the whole time. I think he probably winds up getting a takedown. If he took down Matt Dixon, I actually think Matt Dixon, his last opponent, is probably better than Phil Rowe. And he took him down and pounded him out from, from a crucifix, so... Yeah, I, I like a Ryan Koske in this one, uh, even as a slight favorite here. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards him too. So that's I was going to see if if you were going to sell me on Row and you're not. Uh, I do like the reach, but 
that's a reach. Actually, uh, well, let's take a peek at, at my stats. Reach is not really as huge a factor as you think. It's uh, 54% is the advantage. So someone who has reach advantage wins 54% of the time. So it's not as huge as you think, but this is a big reach. But nonetheless, Kosuke is our choice, both of us. Let's go on to Bantamweights, Ronnie Lawrence and Trevin Jones. Um, one of these guys got popped in last minute. No, not this fight. Okay, never mind. Scratch that. No, Let's start no, no. With, uh, it, the it's nickname. not last minute, but uh, Ronnie Lawrence was supposed to fight John Castaneda, and uh, Castaneda withdrew, okay. but I think that was probably like a few weeks ago. Okay, okay. No, yeah, usually – no, actually, I think Jones is one of the ones I was going to put down. If it was less than a month, I tend to call it short notice, and so I think Jones is actually – yeah, I'm sorry. Jones is here on short notice, so um, – Short notice fighters, that matters because short notice fighters are only winning, what, 40% of the time at this point. So something to keep in mind. All right. Uh, nicknames, uh, Trevin Five Star Jones, Ronnie The Heat Lawrence. I, I think I like The Heat. Yeah, I think I like The Heat too. I don't know the story behind Five Star, but it uh, it only reminds me yeah. of uh, Eddie Guerrero's finishing move uh, from all oh, the Oh, yeah, the, Five Star Frog Splash. Frog splash. Of, course. Yeah. of course. Of course. Well, in that case, maybe we should pick that, but. All right, um, Jones, 13-6 with one no contest, three knockouts, four submissions, 1-0 and oh with one no contest in the UFC. What, his no contest was, did he win he, that fight? He it was did. against Timur Valiev, right? He did right? beat Timur okay. Valiev, and I'm fairly certain the no contest was overturned due to marijuana. Well, it's nice that we're not, not going to have to worry about that going forward. At least in Vegas, uh, you do no in contest. Texas. At least in Vegas. That's true. <laughs> yes. You can get arrested for it in Texas, too. Um, who? Yeah, someone just got um The dude on the Lakers just got arrested there, I think. Uh, the bald white guy just the got arrested for pot. bald white guy. <laughs> he, he, he shaved his head now, but he used to have, like, patterned baldness. What's his name? But he can jump really high. No, you're usually, you're usually speaking my language if you're talking about, like, Lithuanian-looking white guys. But, uh... No, Alex Caruso. Uh, that's the problem. He's not like you no, like he's guy? not like weird European not, white guy. Uh, those are the ones nope. I, I gravitate towards. He's one of you the, American. The Stoyakovich's of the world. <laughs> yes. D, man, we're really – this is going to be a long – this is the second fight we haven't even broken down yet. We're all over the map. This is fun. That's what you guys listen to this show for, you guys and the else. All right, let's do this. Um the pot smoking man. Uh, he's one and zero with one no contest in the UFC, but he's really two and zero because weed does not make you a better fighter. I don't think. Um, he won via TKO his last fight, didn't he? Knock out Valiev. Yeah, he knocked out Timur Valiev. Yeah. After so he took really, a beating in round one, though he was clearly ten eighted in round yeah, one and came back yeah. and knocked him out. Okay. Uh, two inch reach advantage over the Heat. He's at plus one twenty five, and he has taken this on short notice as we. Stumbled and bumbled our way into figuring out. Uh, the Heat, Ronnie Lawrence, 7-1 with four knockouts. He's never been finishing a fight. He's 1-0 in the UFC, winning via TKO. Uh, he was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's won four straight fights. He fought in Bellator where he lost. He was 0-1 Bellator. He's an inch taller, two, two years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 155. Uh, I'm going to go chalk again and take the Heat. So I've been back and forth on this one like a dozen times, and the only thing that – is holding me up from from making a pick is that I just don't know what Trevin Jones looks like if you shoot a takedown on him. Because uh, he fought Timor Valiev yeah. that whole time, 
And Veliev never shot a takedown. Uh, in his second fight, he fought Mario Batista, not a guy who's typically going to shoot very many takedowns. So, like, he's never even faced a takedown. So I would feel a lot better about him if I knew what it was going to look like when Ronnie Lawrence shoots a takedown on him. But regardless, I don't think Lawrence is going to be able to hold him down very long because Trevin Jones is both durable and very quick and very powerful. So I think he's going to be quick back to his feet, even if he suffers takedowns here. And with his knockout power, I'm actually just going to pick Trevin Jones here as the underdog. Cause uh, I, I think, you know, like not that Ronnie Lawrence is not very well versed in striking and he, he's not got, you know, good striking in his own right. I just think, you know, like he's gotten by kind of holding people down and it'll be interesting to see what happens if he can't hold Trevin Jones down here. Yep. Good call. I'm going against him just because the the short notice thing. I'll go with my stats on it. But, um, yeah, Lawrence is a takedown machine, at least in the UFC has been. He's averaging 11 takedowns per 15 minutes. So it's uh, 76% accuracy. So that's pretty crazy. Um, And we'll um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. So there we go. We actually disagree on something for a change. That'll that'll be the Um, only one. Maybe that's (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. The next fight, I'm, I'm waffling on this one, and you already tipped your hand, I think. Women's strawweight, Jin Yu Fry and Ashley Yoder. We got no nickname versus, uh, we'll call her Little Rue, too. Isn't that her uh, her her uh, Twitter handle? Something yeah. like that. Um, she's fighting the Spider Monkey, which is a very good yeah. nickname. Um, we'll go with Jin Yu Fry first. Um She's 10 and 6 with a knockout, two submissions. So if you're picking her, you probably want to pick her via decision. She's 1 and 2 in the UFC, dropped her first two and then won her last. So to basically probably save her, uh, save her job, uh, to, to be frank here. Um, before all this, she was in Invicta where she fought a uh, weight class lower at Adam weight, 105 pounds, which they do not have in the UFC. Um, so she was 7 and 2 in Invicta and she was the Adam weight champion. Um, she also fought Ryzen briefly where she was 0 and 1. She's got grappling stats in her favor here. Um, she's at plus 112. As for Ashley Yoder, Spider Monkey, friend of the Top Turtle podcast. Uh, she's 8-7 and seven with four submissions. She's never been finished in a fight. 3-6 and six in the UFC, but that, that record could almost be be swapped the other way around. She's really been screwed by judges in, in fights. There's numerous, numerous fights where um, she clearly won and she didn't get her hand raised. Um Maybe why she still has a job despite being three and six in the UFC uh, officially. She is one in three over her last four. Lost her last fight. That was to Angela Hill. Uh, she was in the Ultimate Fighter where she was one and one. She was also in Invicta where she was one and zero. Uh, she has missed weight before. It's something to keep in mind, which probably will also means she will be the bigger fighter here weight wise. Also, since Fry is a natural 105 pounder, um, she is also four inches taller. Got four inches reach. Two years younger. She's a more active striker, minus 140. Um, Dan, why do you, why are you picking Fry? Why are you picking against your girl, Ashley Yoder? Uh, I'm, it's, it's really easy for uh-huh. me. I, I think – so, look, I, I really do like Ashley Yoder's grappling quite a bit, but I think her striking lags behind Jinyu Fry's here. Um, I, I think Fry is, is ultimately a much better striker than Ashley Yoder, and I think she showed in her last fight that she kind of gets to decide if this goes to the ground or not. Um, I think she did a great job in her last fight using her takedowns to control Gloria DePaula. Um, she did probably lose the striking battle against Gloria DePaula, but that's not surprising. is a striker by trade. Yoder's a much more of a grappler. I also think that if this goes to the ground, it's Yoder off of her back all the time, right? Like, I don't think she's going to score the takedowns yeah. here. 
So like your your paths to victory here for Yoder are hope that Fry takes you down in either Subber or get a sweep, or I mean I guess beat her in the clinch, but I, I just don't think she's gonna do that. So yeah, I, I like Jinyu Fry here, especially at underdog money. Yeah, I I, I think I think uh, you sold me on that. I agree with that. Do you think Yoder's size and length is gonna cause any? I do a little bit. I mean, like, in general, I'm always worried about that for Jinyu Fry. Like, she she really would have benefited from there being an atom weight division, and by the time there is one, she's going to be too old to compete in it, which is kind of sad because she, yeah. d- despite the fact that she looks like she's maybe 25 or 26, uh, she is 36, um, which is kind of surprising. Um, so, like, yeah, she's, she's not going to be around much longer, but physically – she is much smaller than most of the women in this division. I just don't think Yoder is the right person to take advantage of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she, she run she's not much of a bully. No, really. she, she and, and she she could really use to be, but uh, yeah, like I, I don't think yeah. she has the the right kind of game or even really too much of the right kind of physicality for that to to pose too much of a threat. All right, let's let's uh, let's take some plus money and fry. I, I like that pick. Um, also, let's go over to PropSwap. Let me tell you all about them because we are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. You just need to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80-1 to 1 bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go two, go for two, excuse me. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's move on to Featherweight. This will be a good... Um, Nickname battle also. We got Danny Chavez and Kai Kamaka the third. Danny, the Colombian warrior Chavez versus Kai, the fighting Hawaiian Kamaka the third. They're almost very, they're very similar uh, vein nicknames. I'm going to go with the Colombian warrior. Yeah, I think I like that one better. All right, excellent. Excellent. We're on the same page. And this is pretty much a pick 'em almost. Um, at the books as we speak. Let's, let's break her down. Um, the Colombian Warrior Chavez is 11-4 and four with three knockouts. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC. Lost his last fight. He's an inch taller than Kai Kamaka, the third, and he's at minus 105. Um, Kamaka is 8-1. He's got uh, no knockout wins. He's been knocked out twice himself, um, so half of his losses come via knockout. He's 1-2 in the UFC. He lost his last two fights, so he's pretty much on his last breath here. He needs a win here for sure. Uh, he's two, he was 2-0 in Belgium before this. He's taking this on short notice. He's got two inches of reach, and he's eight years younger than Chavez. He's got striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's at minus 120. Uh, this is another one. I'm, I'm leading Kamaka, but this, this is a tough one. Let's see if you can uh, if you can make it clear for me. See if I can sway you to Danny Chavez because that's where I'm I'm oh, going sure. with this one. Uh, it yeah. is short. It is short notice with Kamaka, so maybe I should. So go it time. is short notice, and I will also say this: uh, Kamaka is a guy who has gone in there, and, and he can take a couple of punches. But the problem is, is that he takes a couple of punches, um, and, and that's yes. a little bit of my worry of, against fighting a guy like Danny Chavez, who does have 
really good knockout power. Um, you know, coming into the UFC, his last three fights, he had won by knockout. Um, in you know, like when he fought TJ Brown, he just ripped that dude's leg until he basically wasn't standing anymore. Um, and I, I like that about Danny Chavez. I actually had picked him to beat Jared Gordon, and, and he kind of let me down on that one. But the other thing is, is that Kai Kamaka in his last two fights has given up a ton of takedowns. Um, he's actually given up seven takedowns in his last two fights. Danny Chavez has actually got 100% takedown accuracy. And one of the guys who was taking Kai Kamaka down got taken down four times by Danny Chavez, and that's TJ Brown. So I, I think the striking is going to favor Danny Chavez, but even if it doesn't, I, I think he has sort of the ace in the hole here of getting Kai Kamaka down late in the a round or late in a fight or uh, if, if things aren't working for him on the feet. I think Danny Chavez has kind of got that backup plan for him. Plus, we got MMA math on our side, right? He beat TJ Brown, and Kamaka lost to TJ Brown. So I guess I should flip and, and take Chavez in this then? Um, I mean, you can do what you want. I will say I'm, I'm not sure right? necessarily that that works because my revisionist history, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Kai <laughs> Kamaka pretty handedly won that TJ Brown fight. Uh, and then was was sure he did. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the uh, intern on MMA decisions right now to uh, to let you know exactly how that went. It's going to be one of the violent fights you promised us. I, I think so. Like yeah, I, I think that this is actually a really yeah. violent fight because uh, Kai Kamaka can take a punch. That uh, yeah, every single media member scored that fight for Kai Kamaka, uh, including. Six of the 15 had scored at 30-27 for Kai Kamaka, yet the judges gave it judges <laughs> gave it to TJ Brown anyway. Um, and I, I feel like I remember that because I think I, I think I had TJ Brown, and uh, I was like, ooh, that was a bad pick. And then the judges' scorecards came in, and I was like, it was still a bad pick, uh, but it was a correct bad pick. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. I'm wishy-washy on some of these picks, but that's because I don't have – um, it's just because I'm wishy-washy, I guess. I was going to make up an excuse, but no. I'm letting Dan sway me, even though I'm um, hitting at a higher rate than he is this year. But anyhow, uh, lightweights. Chris Grutzemacher versus Rafa Garcia. Um, we've got Grits Grutzemacher versus Gifted Garcia. What do you like better there, Dan? I don't, I don't think I like either of them. <laughs> no, neither do I. No, we'll, we'll, we'll pass. We'll pass on this. Um Grutzemacher is 14-4 with seven knockouts, three submissions. He's lost three times via submission, which is a uh, red flag because he's fighting against the submission whiz. Uh, he's 2-3 and three in the UFC. He got knocked out his last fight. He, before all this, he was on tough where he was 2-1 and one in the Ultimate Fighter. He also was in World Series of Fighting where he's 1-0. He also was in Strike Force where he's 1-0. Um, he's an inch taller. He's got striking stats, and he's two times more active uh, striking than Garcia. He's at plus 215. Gifted Garcia, 11-1 with one knockout, seven submissions. Never been finished uh, himself in the fight. He's only won the UFC. He was a combate or combache champion before he all of uh, this UFC or all of this. One UFC fight he's had so far. Um, so he does have a championship in the past. He's got two inches reach, eight years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 280. He's my pick. This one I'm not watching. No, I, I think you can feel pretty good about picking Rafa Garcia. I, the weird thing about this one, it, it just seems like a really weird booking for me because Rafa Garcia took a short notice fight, and hey, maybe that's why they're rewarding him with this Grootsmacher one, is that he took a short notice fight against Nazarat Hawkprost, who's a, I mean, he's a really tough out. Uh, and Garcia, despite the fact that he got jacked up a bunch of times in that fight, moved forward like 
the Terminator uh, throughout pretty much that whole fight. He's got really great pressure, uh, and I think that that's going to be the hardest thing here for Grootsmacher to deal with because Grootsmacher just in general doesn't deal well with people backing him up. Uh, and with Garcia's striking, um, I even think Garcia's wrestling a little bit, and certainly with Garcia's pressure, I, I think Grootsmacher is going to have uh, a really long night. There we go. Rafa Garcia is the pick. Featherweights, Melsic Bagdazarian. Bagdazarian. <laughs> I've been, That's how you say I've been waiting for that one. Is Bagdazarian. Bagdazarian. Whatever. Versus Colin Anglin, uh, who is on the Top Turtle podcast this week. So pick against him, please. Um, Bagdazarian's The Gun is his nickname, and Anglin is, has no nickname. So not only is he jinxed, with being on the Top Turtle podcast, but he also has no nickname. Um, who else is on the podcast this week? Bam, bam, Brian Barbarena. Should we be? Oh, okay, we'll pick against him later. Um, Anglin, eight and one with four knockouts, one submission. He's never been finished in the fight. This will be his UFC debut. He got into the UFC via the Contender Series, where he won his fight. He's won seven straight. He's got an inch of reach. One year younger. Uh, grappling stats in his favor, plus one fifteen. The Gun. Is five and one with four knockouts. This will be his debut. Uh, he also was on the Contender Series, where he's one and zero. He's won five straight fights. These guys are very, very similar uh, records going into this. Uh, he was also nine and two as a professional kickboxer and three and zero as a professional boxer. He has missed weight uh, at featherweight before, and that's where this fight is taking place. Uh, he used to be a, a lightweight fighter. Uh, he's a more active striker of the two, but we're talking small stats. Uh, we're talking one fight um, sample size for these two guys. He's at minus one forty-five. Uh, he is my pick. I will not pick against. I uh, will not pick a top turtle guy. <laughs> I will go with. Chuck. Uh, I'm gonna go Chuck here too. I like Meltzik Bugzazarian, uh, and and not just in this fight. I actually think he's a really exciting prospect because one of the reasons why people didn't like him coming onto the Contender Series was that uh, he had he had won four straight fights, and, and in those four fights had been in the cage for less than a minute combined. Um, so he's getting a contender series fight with only fighting for about a minute uh, in his whole pro career, if you don't count his debut, which had happened quite a long time ago, and then he had his kickboxing and his boxing, and then he came back to MMA. But then he went a full 15 minutes on the contender series, and, and I think his takedown defense actually held up pretty well. Uh, his cardio held up pretty well, and he wound up winning a decision. I think as long as those things hold up against Colin Anglin, I think you know he's going to win this fight by outpointing him on the feet. I also know with the, that knockout power that just exists in an extended change exchange, he has the ability to turn anybody's lights off. So it wouldn't surprise me for him to knock Anglin out either. But uh, yeah, I think at the very least he's going to keep his distance, keep it on the feet, and win a, a striking match. Plus, uh, you've got to say the the jinx is real, Dan. I don't know that the didn't one of my did one of my guys <laughs> win last week. I can't remember now. I, I I'm gonna put the intern on it, but I think uh, I think one of my guys won last week. Did they not? Oh, who knows? Maybe, maybe. Oh, but, I had uh, Adrian. That, I had Adrian doesn't... Yanez on my show last yeah, week. Yeah. Yes, the Greek freak. That's right. I forgot. But yeah, no, it, it doesn't fit in with my narrative here. So um, we're, we're not going to we're not going to mention that. All right, now, now let's get to the uh, UFC champion that's on this card. Uh, that'll be Nico Montano. Yes, she was a UFC champion. Um, she is headlining the prelims in a women's bantamweight fight against Wu Yanan. 
as of now she is um will she uh, ever will she show up for the fight though is is the question um she's got a bit of the um Tatiana Suarez um, problems where she doesn't show up in the cage very often, unfortunately. All right, uh, let's break it down. Um, Yanan's nickname is Mulan. Montana's not have one, so Mulan wins, I guess. Ray, good job. Uh, Wu Yanan, 11-4, seven knockouts, two submissions. Uh, she's only one in three over her last four. She lost her last fight. She's also missed weight in the past. She's got three inches of height, an inch of reach, eight years younger than Montana. No or Montano, uh, she's at plus 185. Uh, Nico Montano, four and three with two knockouts. She's never been finishing a fight. One and one in the UFC, which is insane because she's been around forever and she's had two fights. She lost her last fight way back in July of 2019. But fighters who have been out of the cage at least a year are now at 57% winning percentage since I started tracking this a year and a half ago. So it's only getting bigger, uh, 43 and 32 or so. Um, something to keep in mind. Um, she was the UFC. She wasn't Bantamweight. Was she Bantamweight? Flyweight. First ever Flyweight. Flyweight. Yes. First ever. Right. First ever Flyweight champ. Where she got that off of the Ultimate Fighter. Where she went three and zero, and then won uh, in the finale. Um, she has failed a drug test in the past. She also has had um, numerous weight cut, weight cutting issues. Um, but this is at Bantamweight. That, that's. Uh, t- to be noted, it's weight class above uh, above the flyweight one where she was originally. Um, she has striking and active striking stats in her favor, grappling stats in her favor, minus 240. What what am I what am I to do here, Dan? I, I like I think I should pick Montano, but it's like I haven't seen her barely ever, and it's been two years. Like, what are we? What are yeah. We so doing? I, as I've said in the past, if, if we're betting on every fight, as you all should do, because you're good DJs. When, when it comes to a fighter who you haven't seen in a really long time, there's been a big layoff. I, and I said this last week with TJ Dillashaw, you sort of just have to assume they're the same person. Um, you know, we said it before with, with somebody like Juliana Pena, who had a long layoff too. And you just got to assume they're enough of them, their old selves, or you've got to decide that they're completely different. Um, and if they're completely different, you, you have no basis to breaking it down. So you might as well pretend that they're going to be enough of them old, their old selves. So I'm looking at the last Nigo Montano I saw, and that was her going to a decision against Juliana Pena, who fights for a title coming up pretty soon. Not only did she fight to a decision with Juliana Pena, but she took Juliana Pena down a bunch of times. Like, I think people forget that was like a back-and-forth grappling match between Juliana Pena and Nico Montano. It was not one-sided. Every judge gave Montano the first round. Uh, you know, and every single judge gave Pena the second and the third, but it was pretty much across the board agreed that Nico Montano took it to Juliana Pena in the first round. So with that being said, I don't think I expect her to be washed. Um, in the fact that if you look at the two losses for Yanan Wu, both of them, you know, both of the recent losses come to women who are not Bantamweights. Uh, you know, like the Mizuki Inoue fight, first of all, was not only at flyweight, but Mizuki Inoue now fights at lightweight. Um, and same with Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, that one was at bantamweight, but I think Edwards has fought a bunch of times at, at flyweight. So, you know, that's obviously alarming. I mean, she lost to Gina Mazzani at bantamweight, which nobody else has done. Gina Mazzani has only got one win at bantamweight. She, now she's on a decent roll at flyweight, but... Yeah, I just think Nico Montano, if she comes in looking like she did against Juliana Pena, she's going to take down Yanan Wu and control her the whole time and, hey, maybe even rough her up with grounded pounds. I, I actually 
I have probably more confidence in Nico Montagna than I ought to, but I do like her in this fight. Yeah, I was leaning towards her too, and uh, you sold me. So uh, I'm not really sure about minus 240, but we have to bet on every fight, uh, as we said. So we will uh, we will take it and keep our fingers crossed. So that is the prelims for you. Let's um, tell you about our last two sponsors, and then we'll go commercial-free, ad-free main card. Um, before we do that, make sure you head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for free $25, and then you can enter there contest for a million where you can win a million dollars that's correct a million dollars so uh who couldn't use a million dollars right now Uh, so download the app everybody that's underdog fantasy and sign up at underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn while you're downloading apps make sure you download our app sgpn app that would be Um, we are now live in the app store and google play Uh, the app gives you easy access to all our picks podcasts you get uh get a notification on your phone if you choose uh, anytime a podcast drops you get you can get access to our site three dollar awesome articles that are uh amazingly edited by me um among other people and you can see all the different uh promos we are offering from various um gambling and fantasy sports sites a whole bunch of good stuff so make sure you download the sgpn app today and if if you can throw us up a review we'll, be a good boy and girl. Give us a review while you're downloading it. All right, main card. Like I said, it was ESPN, and it was, what, 9 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Uh, we'll start with welterweights. Brian Bam Bam Barbarina, friend of the Top Turtle podcast, uh, versus uh, Jason the gr- Vanilla Gorilla Wit. We're not going with the Vanilla Gorilla no matter what. So, obviously, Bam Bam I wins, think so, right? but also because he's not the original Vanilla Gorilla, right? He's the second. He's the second. Yeah. We already have a Vanilla Gorilla with Chase Sherman. Uh, and he's a smaller yeah, one, too. Yeah, and he's a... He's a and he's, he's, way less, he's way less of a Yeah, but, well, I don't know. He's kind of a stockier gorilla, whereas, <laughs> whereas Chase Sherman, for a guy who goes by the name Vanilla Gorilla, Chase Sherman is quite lanky. All right, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Is there any, speaking of that, is there any chunky guys on this card? I don't think there is anymore, um, is there? I think we lost our chunky I guys. I think so. We haven't talked about chunky guys in weeks. It's been a long time. That was our uh, thing. I'll get the and intern, I'll get the intern on looking at the next week card and, and see if we, we've got some chunkiness to look <laughs> forward to. But we lost our heavyweight fight. We lost, it was going to be middleweights now, oh, next, obviously. Next, so next week is chunky. Derek Lewis, the chunky guy to end all chunky guys. Oh, so, the yeah. king. Yes, our king. Our king. Bow to our leader. All right. Um, Brian Barberina, quickly, um, tell us quickly how um, being on the Top Turtle podcast benefited him um, health-wise, Dan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's harsh. Cause, yeah, the last time... The last time he was on the Top Turtle podcast, uh, he then uh, had two ruptured arteries in his stomach cavity and uh, briefly lost vision. Uh, And you can hear him tell that whole story this week where he didn't have an exploded artery and instead uh, went on to beat Jason Witt. (laughs) Okay, we'll see. Um, I believe what you said off there was they basically had to gut him and <laughs> take everything yeah, they, out of them yeah. to figure out what it, was it's uh, it's definitely uh, worth yeah, listening yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's gross as hell, but it's uh it's worth listening to. Yeah. All right, there you go. Um there's your teaser, everybody. All right, let's break down the vanilla gorilla, Mr. Witt first. Eighteen and seven with three knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out five times in his career. He's been subbed two times in his career, so he's been finished every time he's lost the fight. Um, the knockouts are of concern in this fight, let me tell you. Um, he's 1-2 in the UFC. 
He swapped wins and losses back and forth. He got KO'd his last fight. Um, he was 0-1 in Bellator before this. Grappling stats are in his favor. He's at plus 205. Bam Bam Barbarina, 15-7 and with 10 knockouts, two submissions, 6-5 and in the UFC. He's won one of his last three, but his win was his last fight. So he's on a roll, everybody. Um, two inches taller than Wit, two inches of reach, three years younger, more active striker, minus 270. Um, I think I smell me a knockout uh, prop for Bam Bam here. Yeah, I, I like Bam Bam here, and I like him by finish, too. You know, you mentioned not maybe the best record in, in recent memory for, for Bam Bam. Remember the losses to Randy Brown, Vicente Luque, Leon Edwards, Colby Covington. Those are his last four losses. Killer. And who's that is an insane lineup. And that, that run even includes wins over guys like Warley Alves and Jake Ellenberger. So, like, even some of – and Sage Northcutt. Don't forget he submitted Sage Northcutt. Um and knocked out Joe Ellenberger. He's got the Ellenberger, or the whole complete set. Look at that. Joe, you oh, got Joe and Jake. Yeah, uh, which is kind of fun. Nice. Um, I didn't remember the Joe one. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think, look, he was in there in uh, with Vicente Luque. I think he took 150 of Vicente Luque's best punches before one finally dropped him with like six seconds left. So, for him to do that, you, you can pretty much negate the idea that Jason Witt's going to go in there and knock him out, right? Like, you can just cross that off of Jason Witt's possible pass to victory, which pretty much just leaves, like, do you think Jason Witt can take down Brian Barberena and sub him? And, and you got to remember, Brian Barberena's got a great submission game, like, super, super underrated submission game. So, yeah, I, I think this is pretty clearly one-sided, and I think Barberena by, by knockout here is probably a prop we're going to be talking about at the end of the show. Barbarana has been submitted once in his career, and it was by – it was a long time ago, it looks like. Um, Derek Smith in his third fight um, 11 years ago. So he good chance he's not going to get submitted. I, I, think, that's, fight, I think that's so. a safe play. <laughs> and now that, he, now that he got rid of all that pesky blood that was holding <laughs> him back, he's uh, onward and upward. Yeah, thing, right? onward and upward, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with the little guys. Flyweights, Zaruk Adashev, Ryan Benoit. Uh, Zaruk is the lion. Benoit, or Benoit, is babyface. Um, huh. What should we go with here? Can I mean, babyface is guess, fitting. Like, babyface is kind of funny. And it's also fitting, yeah. Like, he looks young. <laughs> exactly. And I don't have odds written down for this one. All right, I'll, I'll get you some odds after I uh, after I break it down here quickly for you. Um, all right, let's go with Adashev first. Three and three with two knockouts. He is 0-2 in the UFC. Um, so he could use a fight here or he may be walking. Uh, he missed weight, and that was at Bantamweight, uh, weight class up. So that's um, a little worrisome heading into a flyweight fight. Before all this, he's 3-0 in Bellator. Um, he was, uh, before all of this, he was 16-3 uh, pro kickboxer. Uh, he's three years younger than Benoit or Benoit, if you uh, if you prefer. Uh, ba- the baby face is 10-7 with eight, um, let me see, sorry, 10-7, eight knockouts, one submission, three and five in the UFC. Uh, he's lost the last two and one of his last four. He's only won one of his last four. So this could be one of my... Patented loser leaves town matches. Uh, he has not fight fight. He has not fought in over a year. July the twenty twenty was the last fight. He's had lots of issues missing weight. He's missed multiple. Um, he's missed weight multiple times. I think he got pulled. Did he not get pulled his last fight? 
didn't his last fight not get canceled because he had weight cutting issue? It was against uh, Adeshev, was it not? Benoit, uh, is it Benoit or Benoit? Did we argue about this last yeah. time? I think we did. We yeah, did. you're we're right. Saying, you're right. We're, we're saying. I think yeah. I think Ryan Benoit Benoit uh, did miss weight in that one. Then yeah, and it did get pulled. Yes. He he does not have the crippler cross face in his corner, so maybe we should call him Benoit <laughs> instead. Um, ooh, we're not allowed to talk about murderous wrestlers on yeah, here. Yeah, I guess. just murderous okay. baseball players. Fine. Just murderous baseball players. Yeah, exactly. Wow, this this is going to be called the murder episode, isn't it? I, I do need a I do need a uh, a sub uh, title. So the murder episode is what it's going to be called. We're going to get so we're going to get all the people that listen to those uh, real crime podcasts. <laughs> They're all going to be tuning in tuning into this one to find out who done it. All right. Um, yeah, he. Um, so you, you confirmed uh, it was he missed last fight because of weight cut. Correct. Is, yeah, that, that, that is correct. That I is believe you. Medical issue, a medical issue too, um, because he was cutting so much. Why don't these guys just fight at, at uh, bantamweight? Since Adeshev even has missed weight at bantamweight in the past, and I don't. Uh, Benoit Benoit seems to not be able to make flyweight. Why don't they just like agree to fight at bantamweight? Would that not be save a lot of people? Uh, I think the, probably the problem is if you move them up to bantamweight. Uh, Dana White says they're not worthy of even being in bantamweight in the UFC, right? Because like they're, nah, they're, they're flyweight, you can at least say, well, we don't have very many flyweights. We can't just go cutting every single yeah. flyweight who doesn't look great. Whereas if you put them in bantamweight, they I think yeah. they get crushed by most bantamweights. True. All right. Um, I think I told you he has three inches of reach, but he does if I didn't tell you. Yeah, striking and active striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor. He's at minus 140. Do I want to go with him, Dan, because he's got all the stats in his favor and he's been off for a while, which helps too, it seems? Or do I want to go with Adeshev? I, I don't want to go with either of them, if I'm being completely honest. But, yeah, can we cut them, can we cut I mean, them both? I'm going to go with Benoit or Benoit. Uh, he did get Tim Elliott down in his last fight. That's worth something. Um, he's very durable. He's not really easy to get out of there. He did have a really good fight with Brandon Moreno one time, uh, which I think people sometimes forget that he, he lost a split decision to Brandon Moreno quite a while ago, but uh, a split decision. He does have a win over Sergio Pettis. My problem with Zaruk Adeshev, too, is just that, like, he is, like you said, he's a kickboxer, right? He's a striker, um, yep. and he looks yep. very one-dimensional, and he's also lost his last two fights to strikers. Um, so he's not even, like, a good enough striker when the person he's fighting is just going to strike with him, right? Like, Tyson Nam knocked him out real fast. Sumaderji just pieced him up on the feet the whole time. So, yeah, I, I like Ryan Benoit in this fight, uh, or Benoit, or whatever the hell his name is. Uh, <laughs> you have to you, you have to correct yourself each time, which is great. Yeah, it makes it I, somehow it makes it worse that I draw attention to the fact that I keep alternating. It's it's, it's Benoit Benoit is another good name for this episode. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm yeah. Although that's a tough one to spell out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Benoit in this fight. I, I think. Or one of the two. Uh, and I, <laughs> I think he controls where this fight is enough, and I, it's more of me fading Adeshev than anything else. Okay, I'm getting a little nervous here. This is turning out really chalky for us. Is that I mean, okay? It's, are you, are you it's not really chalky for here? me. I got three dogs. Three oh, dogs. coming up, eh? Three dogs. Trevin Jones is a really? dog. Jinyu Fry is a dog. That's Jamie yep. Chavez is a dog. Yep. That's yeah. true. Got, All right. I got Never three, mind. and there are more coming, so don't worry. I, I got two. Oh, hear that? Hear that, everybody? More plus money coming your way. Don't you dare turn off your podcast. Um, welterweights. 
uh, this is a match we spoke of before. Jared Gooden will be filling in, as far as everyone knows. I don't think the UFC knows yet, but Jared Gooden is going to be filling in against Nicholas Stoltze. And this is what less than a week's notice uh, he will be filling in on this in this fight. Um, his nickname, nickname is Night Train, spelled incorrectly, N-I-T-E. Um, Stoltze's nickname is Green Mask. Is there a story behind that that yeah, I should know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he told it on the podcast or after it, because Nicholas Stoltze. Oh, yeah, he's no. Been, he was he's on your podcast? podcast before. Yeah, uh, oh, I once no. talked to Nicholas Silva. Uh, he uh, was <laughs> a, I want to say a Muay Thai fighter back in the day. And his uh, his coach came up to him one day and was like, "You need something to make you make people remember you, uh, like a dance or something like that." And like got all in his face about like trying to be have more of a personality in the cage. Or, or before he got in the ring or on his way to the ring, and he didn't come up with anything. So uh, his coach just brought him a green mask that he wore to the, the the Muay Thai ring, and he knocked the guy out in like six seconds. And when he went to the bar, a bunch of people asked him if he was the green mask regularly. And uh, so then it just kind of stuck. He was the green mask after that. Okay, well, that, that wins yeah. then. It's, That's awesome. a pretty good story. You you also gave me another amazing title for the podcast. I talked to Nicholas Stolte. <laughs> good... <laughs> See, there's too many this time, but that may be a little too wordy. But all right, um, Green Mask wins. Let's break it down. Uh, good in seventeen to six, seven knockouts, six submissions. Owen to in the UFC. He's taking this on very short notice. He's got three inches of reach. He's one year younger than Stolte. He's twice uh, more active landing strikes. And then his opponent, he's at plus 170. Uh, the Green Mask is 12-4 and four with four knockouts, five submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. I'm assuming you won't be able to wear a Green Mask unless it's like a Venom-branded Green Mask, <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Stupid UFC. Uh, he is 0-1 in the UFC, so both these guys are looking to get their first uh, UFC win. He has been out of action for a year, which actually is good, we've decided. Dan thinks it's because getting punched in the head's not good for I, you, right? I do I believe that's that that to be true, yeah. <laughs> all right. Dan's crazy thinker, but all right. Um, he's an inch taller than Gooden. Striking stats in his favor is minus 200. Um, Got to go against the super short notice guy who's never won in the UFC. So we'll go with Green. I, I agree with you on that, too. And I will say uh, he is a really good striker. I think he's a really talented striker. I think that's why they originally had him matched up with Mornier Lazez, because I think that was just going to be one of the most exciting fights on this card uh, before Lazez fell off, because they're just both really fun kickboxers. And that's why I worry about Gooden in this fight, is because Stoltz uh, debuted against Ramazan Amiyev, who is, you know, like, no slouch. The guy is, uh, you know, 5-1 and one in the UFC. Um, you know, he's got wins over mid- guys who are up at middleweight now. He, you know, he's only got one loss to Anthony Rocco Martin in there, who's not a bad loss. And his whole thing is he's good at takedowns. And, and Stolta stuffed 8 of his four, or 12 takedowns. So, you know, 67% takedown defense is nothing to laugh at. And Stolza got one of his own in there, which is actually pretty crazy. So for me, Gooden has gotten pieced up by Alan Joban uh, in the striking. And I'm not saying Stolza is as good of a striker as Joban, but I, I think he's got enough of the Alan Joban in him here that he has no problem here piecing up Jared Gooden. Uh, and it's probably the last we'll see of Jared and Gooden. Oh, Dan's firing the guy, too. I mean, oh I didn't God. actually think he was going to get another shot. I think this short notice one was his last chance. Yeah. 
Very, uh, possibly very true. All right, so we will agree with that and take another uh, crocky one. We have one difference so far, uh, just one? Yeah, I think so, because I'm like... Because I'm a yeah, flip flopper and just, I'm just, just riding, riding. coattails. <laughs> exactly, but but I know the one I always have to pick at least one different because that's the one that's gonna bring me glory every week, Dan. All right, breaking news just came in because I, when you're talking, I don't pay attention. I'm playing on my phone the whole time. <laughs> you know, we don't have cameras on. We have no cameras on, so Dan does not know this. Uh, breaking news: Holly Holm is head back to featherweight to fight Norma Dumont. So, in uh, October, so they're obviously uh, they're warming her up for a another title fight, right? Uh, yeah, I assume so. Um, but I, I did see that <laughs> that get announced as well. I, I think uh, I think there is some hope there that people really like Norma Dumont. She's looked really good as of late. So uh, maybe maybe that's yep. the hope. Maybe. Um, but I'm sure they're hoping she wins and uh, home wins and gets another title shot because that's what that's what happens. Um, all right, speaking of the women, let's go women's uh, straw weight, uh, the exact opposite of the featherweights. Cheyenne ba- buys it is right, not not bay or is it bays? Bays, Cheyenne bays, right? bays, yeah, bays, right? Well, she should change her U to an A, should she not? Along with her husband too, while he's at it. Yeah, JP JP Bays. Uh, I think it's because yes. the name is South African, if I'm not mistaken. JP Bays oh, yeah. is, is South right. African. Okay, right. Okay. Um, has he been on your? He's been on your podcast, has he not? Has she uh, been on your podcast? I don't think. But they're they're good. They're okay. MMA folks, so uh, that means yeah. Right, I, right. I'm usually the riding with the Fortis people. <laughs> Yes. Uh, she's fighting Gloria Dupala. So Dan his hand. He's going to be taking uh, Bays. Oh, this is this is why we talked about Zena before. She's the warrior. <laughs> two, two weeks in a row, we're going to talk about what's with that? all these girls and um, and their warrior. They would have been at like what's, a very formative uh, age when Zena was on. Would they not have? Yeah, like true. Diana Bellabit. No, what's Diana's name? Uh, she was the warrior princess too, wasn't not, she? Yeah, I think so. And what's Daniela. your name? Is not Diana. Daniela Belvita. Daniela, Daniela Belvita. So, yeah, we got another warrior princess against Glorinha. So it's little Gloria. Yeah, her name, little, right? it means Little yeah, Gloria in, in Portuguese. Oh, I like I like Little yeah. Gloria better than Warrior Princess. Screw the Warrior Princess. <laughs> yeah, Little... Little mm. Gloria, or any any of that, the any of the Portuguese names that sound really menacing. Glorino look, yeah. sounds really menacing. I, uh... I usually gonna, make a joke about that, but like there are a whole bunch of like Portuguese nicknames that sound like really menacing, and then you translate them, yeah. and it's they're, they're like the least menacing things ever. Like, uh, Husmal Pajares was uh, Tocaño, which means uh, tree stump, yes. or uh, Gabriel, <laughs> yes. Gabriel Gonzaga, uh, who's uh, famously from Massachusetts, his nickname was Napao, which means big nose. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Scary. Or. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, or, or I'm Antonio just, Silva. I, I got one go more. On. Antonio Silva was Peixão, which means Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Florino. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm just glad that you uh, skimmed right over me saying screw the Warriors. <laughs> That's fine. I'm I'm glad that we're not going to pay attention to that. So let's talk about little Gloria. This is a family show. Come on, this isn't that type of show, guys. Um, she's five and three with three knockouts. She's never been finished in a fight. She's zero one the UFC. One know the contender series, uh, two inches taller, four inches of reach, striking and grappling sets in her favor, plus one not forty five, um, and Bays the Warrior Princess is five and two with one knockout, never been finished in a fight. O one the UFC, one know the contender series, O one in Invicta, the more active striker minus one eighty five. Um, I believe she was pretty hyped up coming into the UFC, right? And I think 
at least I picked her in her fight, and then maybe when she lost, maybe you picked do, her too. You, I can't remember. Actually, she not, actually, just do. No, he picked <laughs> against her. That was the one where I got screwed. Go back and go that back and look the, at who she fought, man. Fight. Yeah, <laughs> that was the famous fight where Dan hit an underdog two, for two seventy five underdog, ladies and gentlemen, Montserrat <laughs> right. Canejo. Uh, okay, I remember now. So she was Bayes was hype, but you were saying that. She wasn't that good, uh, right? That, that is I think. what I was saying, and sadly, hmm. that is what I'm going to continue to say. I'm going to take I'm oh. going to take Gloria DePaula in this fight. Um, I was going to too. Yeah, good. And, We're both. And taking here's what I'll say here. about Gloria DePaula: that yes, she did lose to Jinyu Fry, but if you look at that fight, if you go back and watch that fight, first of all, her striking looks incredible in that fight. Like she absolutely pieces up Jinyu Fry on the feet when she wants to. Fry saves that fight with a couple of takedowns and the fact that Gloria DePaula couldn't get back up. I think Bayes could probably take her down and get after it. Um, but, like, <sighs> Cheyenne Bayes went 0-2 taking Hillary Rose down, who's, like, a Northeast regional fighter who, I'm going to be honest, I'm not really high on Hillary Rose. Um, like, they had her on the Contender Series. I was like, she's going to get smoked by pretty much anybody they book her with. So, like, for me, Gloria DePaula has faced, first of all, better competition, uh, and I think has a chance to defend the takedown here from Bayes. And I think if this stays on the feet for any amount of time, I think DePaula does terrible things to, to Cheyenne Bayes on the feet here, to the point where I'd almost think about possibly looking into a Gloria DePaula uh, finish prop, too. What type of horrible things Just is she blood, do every, I, blood, I want blood everywhere. We're going to oh see so many elbows. So is is it going to be uh, saving on your phone worthy? Are you going to get screenshots and saving? No, on your lately phone? all the only ones I'm saving now are anybody who breaks <laughs> their shin bone and tries to step on it again. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, everyone. a lot of people so lately. Every, <laughs> that now exactly. I have a whole bunch of, of uh, the gifts of if if you guys haven't. <laughs> None of you have heard this because this is not it, funny, no, Dan. I'm, by the I'm way. about this to is, tell you some. The, the, what I'm about to tell you is funny. You just have to wait a second. So there is an event. Uh, I think today, uh, awkwardly enough, this is taping on Wednesday in Georgia on like a mountainside, uh, and it rained and it was outside and the people are just, people are just slipping in the cage the whole time. There's a lot of good gifts on Twitter right now of of just people like going to throw a punch and falling down and, like, breaking their hands on their, like, falling down. Uh, I, I believe it's called GFC 13, but uh, Georgia Fighting Championships 13. It was – it's very good. <laughs> it, was very, it sounds very American. American. It, it was like the scene so, if – and I know you haven't seen this movie because I brought it up recently. It's like the scene <laughs> from Here Comes the Boom when Kevin James is fighting in, like, a parking lot and it starts raining and everybody's falling everywhere. <laughs> so basically, go to uh, Grabaka Hitman yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, he's got sure. you covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see – here goes another – we're talking in brackets again. Um, did you see the uh, – it was the bare knuckle um, – I think Artem Lobov, Lobov was in it, where the bare knuckle, where they like fight with the guys were fighting yeah, in I jeans, they, and there was like sandbags uh, all around. Pre- previous iterations <laughs> under that company, they fought in jeans, but Artem got to fight natural shorts. Uh, I was told. So yeah, wow. For, he's, I also he's heard he got he got smoked, all. but uh, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't watch bare do knuckle boxing. It's that for some reason that's no, that's where I, I draw a line. It's not for me. <laughs> Really, people breaking their shins is cool, but yeah, facial 
It's not facial the facial stuff not cool. either. It's just like I just I don't get why the you you go into a boxing match expecting to like somebody's gonna get knocked out, right? And that's part of it. And supposedly right. not wearing gloves helps that. But then like people have just like these weirdly mangled hands like halfway through the. I don't want that to be part of any fight I'm watching. Uh, just like that yeah, suddenly you can't really punch or you have to start pulling your punches because your hands – like, look, go look up the picture of Paige Van Zandt the day after her fight. Like, her hands are like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Don't look it up because she's doing rude things with her middle finger <laughs> in those pictures. Because so. she's hardcore. Um, she actually is tough. Um, I'll get rid of that. So, all right. Um, plus, when I watch this stuff, I'm like, I would just rather, like, watch people that can kick yeah. or knee or take people down. I'd rather Renegade watch the whole shows. thing. Like, I'm, it's like I'm, you're into, watching... I'm into jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Have you been able to start that back up I have, yet? Then? Yeah. I, I started doing jujitsu again. Good. Yeah. Oh. With, with... Brown belt. Here we go. Perhaps. Perhaps not long away. Hopefully. Oh. Oh boy! What if I tell your teacher I will I will hype you up as a brown belt on on this podcast? Would that grease his hand a bit? No, absolutely think? not. He, he's he's a very <laughs> he's a very old school guy. He started started doing like no holds barred MMA in like '92. So like he, he's a I I don't think a, a podcaster is going to sway his his view of people at all. <laughs> does he know what a podcast? He does. Is? Yes, I'm very certain he knows that. Yes. And you call me a podcaster. I, don't, I think that's an insult. I'm not like if you're like if when people call me a blogger, it's it's the same thing. I think it's an insult. But anyhow, I guess that's technically what I'm doing. All right, uh, that was enough of a, a, a bracket, right? Sidebar. Yeah, I'd say that it was enough. Um, yeah. If you will. Uh, all right, let's go. It's because this, this uh, fight card's so exciting. It's holding our, our attention so much. All right, if that wasn't enough for you, that. Um, uh, Bays versus Dapala. That's the third from the top fight. That's how stacked this card is. Um, actually, the co main event's pretty good. Bantamweights. Kyung Ho Kang versus Hani Yaya, which is the funnest name to say in MMA, which um, is the reason why he doesn't have a nickname, because uh, Hani Yaya is a nickname in itself. Um, Kang is Mr. Perfect, which I approve, because I was a big Kurt Henning fan, but I think Ronnie Yaya... Honey Yaya, not having a nickname and just going by his amazing name is better than any nickname. Yeah, I'm, I'm always on the Honey Yaya. <laughs> I know you are. You're always on the Honey Yaya train. Well, let's see what Mr. Yaya is going to bring into the cage resume-wise. 27-10-1 with one no contest. He's got 21 submissions to his name. No knockouts, all submissions. Uh, he's 12-4-1 with one no contest in the UFC. He's 4-1-1 one, one over his last, that uh, would be, what, six fights by my math, and he won his last fight. Before all this, he was 4-3 and three in WEC. WEC never die, right, Dan? Never die. It'll always live in our head. That was probably my favorite promotion, I think. Uh, another it's, side right up, it's right up there for well, me, too. Um, the, the cage, the fighters, the, it was on, like, an odd night, too, like a Thursday or Tuesday. It was good, annou- good announcing. Good announcing. In in retrospect, yeah, Frank Mir actually, Frank Mir was actually a very good. Color in, in, in retrospect, some of maybe like some of the best fighters at that time too, right? Like yes, uh, I you know like I, I know that we've seen the careers of these guys all dip down, but like Anthony Pettis and Benson Henderson fought for a UFC title after that. And at the time, it's not like the yep. UFC didn't have that division. The UFC had that division at that time and just had worse guys. Yep. Yep. Uh, Calbis Roney, Jose Aldo, your favorite Uriah Faber, 
uh, Dominic Cruz, uh, lots of guys. Yeah, it was it was good. So, anyhow, uh, Hani Yaya also uh, was in that. Uh, that's because he made his debut way back in September of 2002, which means you know what my next question is going to be, Dan. What was that? What were you doing in September of September 2002? September 2002, uh, I was, man, I was I starting grade what eight? Yeah, and yeah, I would have been yes. starting eighth grade. Yeah, when when Hani was uh, was in the, in professionally fighting. Did you have the wild hair uh, poking out of your baseball? Oh no no no, not yet. That, that, I saw that, in that, your... that didn't come until until uh, I was in high school. Yeah, that was that was okay. rebellious. That, that was that's when you let that your was hair rebellious down. high school Gumby. <laughs> of course, there you go. All right, so um, Mr. Yaya, who I'm taking a long time getting through his resume here, but he also is a multiple-time BJJ champion, which means Dan's going to pick him. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Dan's going to pick him. He's at plus 112. Um, Mr. Perfect, 18-8 and eight with one no contest. He's got two knockouts, 11 submissions. He's only lost one time in his career via submission. He's 6-2 and two with one no contest in the UFC. He's won three straight. He has been out of action since December of 2019. Before all this, he was the Road FC champion. That's what South Korea. Are. I believe correct. so. Yes. Is it not correct? Is it not? I say that, that's good English. But yes, I was correct. Uh, three inches taller, six inches reach, three years younger, striking and active striking in his favor. Minus 140. I'm going against Dan. I already made your pick for you. I'm going against Dan. I'm taking Kane. Yeah, I'm going to take Hani. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're right about my pick. Uh, I I think the problem for me and why I don't like Kyung Ho Kang in this fight is that he kind of relies a lot on his takedowns. Um, and I, I like that in a lot of fights, but don't like that fighting Hani. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I, do you think he's going to control Hani? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, nobody nobody puts Hani. Yeah, yeah, like, in front of Dan. But, but seriously nobody though, like Hani-ya, seriously, yeah. like who's Who's going to control Hanayaya? <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like a plausible strategy, right? So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I like uh, I, I don't like Hanayaya in this fight. I, I like him in a whole lot of different ways, but I, I think he probably gets it done with his grappling here. Who's going to control Hanayaya is another amazing <laughs> name for an episode. We, we're wasting so many good names here. Yeah. Who is going to control Hanayaya? Kang is. <laughs> Kodos and Kang. Because Kodos is going to come down and help him yeah, too, man. Yeah, that, that's a good... We haven't had a Simpsons no, reference for a while. Kodos and... Other than the uh, Huddy Ho thing that I do. The lame entrance intro thing that I do. Okay, which brings us to our amazing main event. This always was a main event, right? No. Yeah, this uh, was always the main event. No, what was the main event? Was it event? not Askarov and Alex Perez? Or was that... Was that supposed to be the... Oh, yeah, the... Yeah, I don't think I was going to be. They wouldn't put. Uh, that's true. That, that's crazy. true. That could have been a co-main. That's right. That was going to be on this card too. Yeah, this. I'm I'm crapping all over this card, but there's a lot of, a lot of um, interesting belts that actually fell through. Um, do who Choi fell through, even though he hasn't done that great, but he is the Korean Superboy. He was supposed to be on this card too, but anyhow, that's what happens. All right. Um, main event, middleweights, Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. See if we differ on this one, too. Um, Uriah Hall's nickname's Primetime, Strickland's nickname's No, it's nothing, Tarzan. So, um, oh, yeah, that's right. Why, why is that not listed anywhere? Hmm, do I, like, yeah, Tarzan's better than Primetime. Screw that. So Tarzan wins, right? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it's you like not so? a, neither Fine. great. Both, neither both of them are great. lame. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't his, uh, like, Strickland's nickname could be like Road Rash or something, right? From his motorcycle accident. <laughs> Road, he must have had a Road bunch rash. of that. 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible nickname. <laughs> has he been on your Has he been on your show yes, before, Dan? Is yes, I, I've had show? him on my show before. Uh, way, way back when, tell him probably, his, probably two one, probably, probably one hundred fifty episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, before he had yeah, Red Rush, probably. probably. <laughs> okay, well, next time you have him on, make sure you let him know. I'm sure he'll appreciate my uh, derogatory nickname for him. Um, let's break down Primetime Hall. Uh, he's seventeen and nine with eleven. Not 11. How about 13? Make that 13 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself four times. He's 10 and 7 in the UFC. It's actually a better record than you'd think. People like to crap all over to hell, but 10 and 7 is not so shabby. Uh, he's won four straight fights, five of six. He was 4 and 0 on the Ultimate Fighter. He also was 1 and 0 in Bellator. He's at three inches of reach on Strickland. He's at plus 175. Strickland, Tarzan, Road Rash, 23 and 3 with 10 knockouts, four submissions. He's only been knocked out once himself in his career. He's 10-3 and three in the UFC. He's also won four straight fights and 5 of six. So something's going to give here. Um, inch of height, seven years younger, which is surprising. You'd think Strickland would be older, but no. Oh, I started a little bit later, I guess. Um, he's a more active striker. He's the better grappler stat-wise. He's minus 225. He is my pick. Are you going with me here, Dan? I don't see him getting knocked out by Hall. And I see him winning the grappling fight or if it gets... If it gets nasty, I see him winning a nasty fight, too. I'm going to go with Uriah Hall. Uh, oh, yeah. my gosh. I actually think, uh, you know, like, look, if you, you look at the last couple of fights from Uriah Hall, there's really not much we can tell, right? Like, that win with the, against Anderson Silva, like, yeah, it's a wash Anderson Silva. And, and the Chris Weidman fight is, I mean, just basically ignore that it ever happened. But if you look before that, he actually did a pretty good job at – defending takedowns from Antonio Carlos Jr. And and I think Antonio Carlos Jr. is a much better grappler than Sean Strickland is. Then after that fight, he goes to Fortis MMA. His his game looks more complete. He looked a lot better against Anderson Silva in that fight. And again, it's a washed Anderson Silva. Whereas Sean Strickland, he has looked good as of late, but those wins are over like, you know, that Jack Marshman fight. He couldn't put Jack Marshman away in that fight. And it was like, Jack Marshman wasn't even trying by by the looks of it. He, he was just, like, giving up and getting hit, and he still couldn't put him away. You know, Uriah Hall's knocked out Christoph Jocko, and Christoph Jocko went in there and just kind of fought nonstop for, for 15 minutes against Sean Strickland. And, yeah, MMA math doesn't work out, but I, I don't know that Strickland's going to be able to get him down and hold him down uh, since Antonio Carlos Jr. couldn't. Uh, and if that's the case, I mean, like, I still think Uriah Hall is a better striker than a lot of middleweights. Um, and at, at that kind of price, too, that that's the big piece for me. At that kind of price, how, right. how do you turn down almost two-to-one money on a guy who I, I think has a pretty sizable striking advantage? Watch me turn it down. I, I already I'm watched you down, turn it down. Man. We now Watch have three me. differences. <laughs> this is a completely different week. Although, do I have the underdog in every? Oh, yeah, I have the, the underdog in every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, which that, that that's, that's that's how tens, I in the past that hasn't worked. That's why I have the money lead. Remember that. That's true. Ten bucks. He's headed me by ten bucks. Oh, I got another news flash for you. Ready for this one? Um, my fantasy baseball team. Uh, check out these lines for my starting pitchers. Minus nine points. Minus sixteen point seven. Minus fourteen point seven. You want to while you're at it? You want to check out my starting pitchers? I was going to get an oof. No, I, I mean, that, it was oof, but I, I just want to point you to mine <laughs> if, if you would like to to take a quick peek uh, at them. See how, 
Dan's pitch, Dan's pitchers. Oh, he's got a billion. 50 <laughs> points, four, uh, 15, 50 points, 15 points, 17 points, minus two, 30 points, 32 points, 17 points, 32 points. So I'm not catching I think up. Is today was a good day for me. I'm just, I'll let you know that. But, but yeah, uh, people really, the, I, I know the number one thing people like to hear about <laughs> their fantasy, fantasy sports teams when they listen to the MMA podcast, but, uh, also, um, that's what kind of show we are. All right. So we broke down the whole part for you. Um, I give you one prop I liked, which was Bam Bam via um, knockout. I'm going to throw a wrench in um, that one. So Bam Bam by knockout is plus 160, and I was just looking at the lines. Bam Bam by submission is maybe not the worst play either. Um, I, I think Jason Witt's going to try some takedowns. It wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me to see Bam Bam either sub him with a guillotine or tag him on the feet and, like, rear naked choke him. And you can get Bam Bam by submission at 550. So that's, like, a big... Play. So if you're you're looking for something like that, that's uh that's maybe even a little bit more fun than just the Bam Bam 160. Um, and another prop I like is I, I said Gloria DePaula. I said before I would not be surprised if she got uh, Cheyenne Bays out of there. You know she's plus 150 already. But if you want to make that super juicy, Gloria DePaula by KO is plus 950. Um, so you're getting almost 10 to one on Gloria DePaula should she get that knockout. There you go. Hear that. The gens now, um, all these the gens always want like a billion fight parlays too because they're hardcore the gens, um, especially the ones in the SGPN Slack channel. If you guys want to, if you're not already there, get into our Slack channel. Um, check out the fight channel. Check all the channels out, but check out the fight one where there are lots, lots of the gens that like a good uh, parlay. And Dan, off the top of his head, is probably going to give him a, a massive. How did that parlay not, go? Not last good. Week not good. Probably not like all my picks last week. Because it was like 28 fights. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. I'll give you a three three part parlay this week. So I'm gonna pair uh, Danny Chavez. I think his fight with Kai Kamaka is giving you both good odds and um, the fact that he is uh, actually he's an underdog, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I like him in that fight. I like Orion Koski in the opener, um, and then I also like I mentioned I like Melsik Bogdasarian in that fight. Uh, those three together, Chavez, Koski, and Bogdasarian, will give you plus five hundred. Uh, so not not as Jenny as Yawn. you usually like, uh, but if you don't, if you want to go wild, you want to throw one more in there. You want to get super crazy, throw in Jin Yu Fry. She's going to win too, uh, and that'll give you plus 1,200. So how about that? Yeah, that's that's more like it. More like it. Um, all right. Uh, it's your turn for the locks. Do, do we even – is there any point even for us to pick locks anymore, Dan? We're, we're, on, a, we're on a bit of a slump so, with locks. I guess I'm still, the, I'm still above uh, water, but – yeah, I, I hate this card for locks, but I guess if you're, yeah. you're telling me i got to pick one, whew, uh, and I don't want to pick some, like, massive odds. Like, Rafa Garcia and Brian Barbarena are probably, like, the safe plays. Yeah. Yep. I guess I'll, you know what? I'm just going to do that. I'm going to take the win in, like, the $30 it will yield in Rafa Garcia. Okay, I'll take Bam Bam. He, I was leaning towards him too. So boring, boring. We'll, we'll see. How, boring lock. I know boring locks, but I'm I'm actually going against the the top turtle. Um, the jinx, yeah. Jinx here, so yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking he bled it out. Hopefully, <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking that was the horrible thing that happened to him, and I hopefully that he's he's good to go, um, going forward. So. You guys, you listeners are definitely good to go um, now. Don't hang, don't don't uh, go away yet. Uh, I have to give you your homework, but um, let me think. 
100 bucks in every fight that we named. Um, pick all all my picks, obviously, because I'm 56%. Dan's only 50, what, 2, 53, 52? Oh, my God, 52. So so pick all mine, obviously, because uh, you want to win. Um, Dan's only up 10 bucks on me, too. That's nothing. 10 bucks is nothing to, to a degen. So do that. Um, subscribe to our MMA Gambling Podcast feed and give us five-star reviews. Tell us how horrible Dan is and how Jeff's the only reason to listen to the show, right? I mean, you could say that if you really um, believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that if you want. It'll be a lie, but you can say it if you want. Uh, you can, while you're at it, listen to Dan's podcast, which would be Top Turtle MMA Podcast, the Prelim Primer Podcast. You have an amazing review on Top Turtle Podcast from years ago. Have, have you read your reviews on I that ever? I did a long time ago. Is it the one that claimed that we had, like, a gunshot sound that went in between yes. interviews? Which, like, I don't think we've yes, used yes. since, like, the third episode, and that was, like, back when we yes. didn't know how to, like, edit volume down. Um, so the, it was, like, yes. a weird transition sound. And, like, it was gone immediately, but we got that review, and it just – it is in that profile, and you can't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, it was right – like, right either below or above his – an amazing review from me, um, and then and then there's that review saying the, the person can't listen anymore. Yeah, and it, it says we're a great podcast, too, which is whatever. also weird because again, I think it yes, came in but after like listen. three episodes. <laughs> Obviously, not an American, right? Because you would be used to hearing gunshots, correct? Oof, that you murderous people. Hey, murder again! Here we go. I'm that's dead the murder. oof again. You get the oof on that one. Oof. Okay, fine. You guys aren't murderous people. You're awesome. You Americans are amazing. The border's going to open up soon, so I better wash my mouth, right? Um, all right, what else um, should I tell everybody to do? I told you to listen to Dan's stuff. Oh, you can read our stuff if you want. Um, SportsGamblingPodcast.com, obviously. And I run the MMA-Manifesto.com where you're going to want to go and you can get more good info on this amazing fight card coming up. I guess I shouldn't say that if I want you to go read our stuff. But you should read our stuff. Has, have you posted your things yet, Dan? I don't think not. You're, not yet for this you. week. Dan's slacking. Dan will have a couple articles on uh, people to keep an eye on on this card. Uh, I've got the Pick'em contest up there for you to get in for free. You win fifty dollars gift card from anywhere you want, courtesy of the SGPN boys. So make sure you get in on that. Um, have we been we've been talking for an hour and a half? This, is this, this is the longest this has been a long one. About, yeah, and it's because the card's oh so good. God. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I apologize <laughs> that you had to listen to this for that long. I guess we had a lot of us. We had to try to spruce up the uh, the um, podcast because the, the fight card is um, – I, I was going to say it's lacking, but no, it's amazing. So, All right, I guess I've told you enough. Um, I let Dan take us out last time, and he screwed up and said we'll see you next week. So that means we no one's also, listening to this podcast. We will also see him next week. <laughs> I know, but everybody's not listening to this now. If our numbers are down, it's because you told them to come back on Sunday, not Wednesday. So, um, until Sunday, I am Juicy Jeff Fox, which is a nickname I never, never has said until the very end of the podcast every week. But that's my new nickname. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and we will talk to you on Sunday. We won't talk to you. We'll talk at you, and you'll listen uh, politely. Thank you. Bye.